Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm Jono White, and today's guest is Briar Doherty. Briar is the CEO of Career Organic. I'm really excited to hear some of her story, and uh, welcome to the podcast, Briar. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. So first of all, for our listeners, can you give everyone a bit of an overview of who you are and what you do? Absolutely. I work for Career Organic. It's a company that I founded uh, years ago to help professionals navigate career transitions. And so we have an entire team that helps professionals with resume writing, CV writing, LinkedIn profiles, interview prep, and really making those complex moves, um, whether it's across country, um, different countries, and you know that leadership um, kind of scaling of their career. Yes. Uh, awesome. Thank you for giving that sort of overview. And I always like to ask, what does a day in the life of Briar look like right now? <laughs> Where do I start? Um, so I am a mom of two, first and foremost. And so uh, we are homeschooling our two children, six and eight. And so when I wake up, I wake up nice and early so I can get some work done before my kiddos wake up. And you know, get breakfast on the table and get them started with school so that I can start hopping on internal team calls for career organic. And then working kind of with them throughout the day, uh, my husband and I, we both work from home. And so in the afternoons, we actually switch off. He takes over for the kids and I get to hop on all of my phone calls for, for work and with my clients. Um, and I also support some student cohorts at an enterprise organization that makes career transitions. And so I, I spend some time with my student groups and teaching. And then at night, uh, I go back upstairs and I cook dinner for the entire family and I cook all of our meals uh, from scratch. So that is a part of every day. Oh, and wow. then I, I get to do, you know, fun things like this and hop on a podcast or, you know, teach in a webinar or do some sort of, you know, extracurricular um, kind of uh, career focused um, teaching. So so that's a quick snippet of, of my day. Thank you. I, that's a that is a very quick summary. I love hearing those sort of summaries, though, because sometimes as a leader, uh, you can just feel like, oh, there's just so much going on and. You just watch other leaders on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn. You think, oh, it looks so easy. And I just love chatting to, to great leaders and, and hearing always a similar story of like, well, uh, welcome to the crazy. Here, let me explain. First, I do this and, <laughs> and somehow we fit it <laughs> exactly. all in. And everyone, everyone's like that, which I love. So uh, now it'd be great to get to know you a little bit in terms of your story. So uh, I know listeners love to hear as far back even as your childhood, what are some of the moments and I know, as we chatted about before we press record, there's there's actually uh, quite a quite a few um, that 
that for me, I'm just looking at going, wow, Briar, that's, um, that's incredible. So, uh, what, what are some of the moments that have really shaped you becoming the leader and the person you are today? Sure. Um, I would start in high school. So I was the only person in our eighth grade basketball team to be selected to go straight to varsity um, after eighth grade. And so as a, a freshman going into high school, I was the only person not playing any JV ball and, and part of the, you know, the lineup for the, the varsity team. And within two games, I actually unfortunately, uh, kicked one of the seniors off the starting lineup and became a starter. And so freshman year, starter on the varsity team, I loved it. But I was in a position where people were really angry with me. Uh, I didn't understand it back then. And it, it really kind of transitioned over the next four years. And, and by the time I was in my senior year, I was co-captain of the basketball team and I had earned the respect of everyone on the team and really stepped into that leadership position. But, you know, going through that, that just conflict, uh, you know, women are not necessarily nice to women all the time. And so I was really looked down upon for having kicked a senior off her starting, you know, lineup, her senior year, um, all of these things. And so, you know, my number, got stolen the next year off my jersey. Um, someone took it that was older than me, uh, knowing that it was my number. So I kind of just went through all of these just petty conversations, petty behind the back. And and really, I, I can't thank that moment enough in my career because it, it taught me to persevere. I wanted to play basketball. I was invested in it and, and just it brought me such joy that I didn't really care about all the naysayers. And so when I ended up in New York City, I went to college in New York. I went to FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology. And so I'm 18 years old. I'm living in the heart of New York City on 27th and 7th Ave. And I went to school for a week and I said, I'm, I'm kind of bored. You know, there's not enough going on in my life. I'm just doing these classes. And I went out and I got a job. And quickly, I, I wanted to make more money. I really liked working. Um, I had worked in, in high school you know, for my dad's office, he's a chiropractor. And so I had experience just getting my hands dirty, but I, I really fell in love with one, making money as a very young adult, but two, having that accountability and people looking to me to make things happen. And so I ended up switching to a job at a health and fitness club. It was a crunch fitness and it's on 59th street, um, right, right across the bridge. And I loved it. I loved the health and fitness aspect. I, I was back in my element of, you know, playing basketball, but I also really excelled at just getting my hands dirty, working really hard and, and helping being a huge contributor. And so within months I was a manager on duty. Then months later I was an assistant manager. And then a year later I was a, an assistant general manager and then became the youngest GM at, at the age of 20. And I remember, you know, being 20, people looking at you and telling you, you know, you're just a kid, you can't do this. Um, you know, how old are you really? And, and not even being able to legally go to um, the holiday party, because I, I, it's 21, you have to be 21 in the United States in order to yeah. go, you know, and drink. And so, you know, I had to like, borrow an ID to even get into, you know, parties and things like that. And so it was, it could have been a moment of like imposter syndrome. Like I don't belong. And, and I could have told myself that story, mm. but for some reason 
you know, really that early career and like early uh, childhood experience was like, if I want to be here, then I deserve to be here. And I'm going to put in the effort just like everybody else that has walked in these shoes, even if they were 15 years older than me when that happened. And so uh, that that kind of taught me, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm here, I've worked for it. And then a couple of other moments that happened really, one was I was attacked at work. Um, so my last year in health and fitness was being attacked by one of my members, oh, sticking wow. up for my staff. Uh, I, I ended up got, getting thrown to the ground, had multiple surgeries on my wrist, um, lost a little bit of mobility in my wrist and ended up on disability for about five months. And so when I came back to health and fitness, I kind of had wow. a little scarring from that. It was a little, a little <laughs> traumatic for me. And oh, so yeah, I said, I needed blunt. new industry. It was, it was, um, I don't know if you know Jerry Springer, but it is a American TV show that's like all about yes. fighting. Yeah. Um, so people, people always laugh at me. They're like, you live like a reality TV show. I'm like, hands down. Uh, <laughs> I love that. So I did not want to get in a brawl, but you know, and unfortunately uh, I was the the person between me and my staff and I'm, I'm happy I was. So, so when I took a new position. I, I was working with the salon and spot Saks Fifth Avenue and it was the flagship Saks Fifth Avenue. And I was like, I can do this. Like no clue about the industry. I mean, I'm, I'm like the least girly person you've probably ever met. Um, so like, I don't do my nails. I cut my own hair. Um, and here I am Saks Fifth Avenue. And I knew I could help the location. It had been struggling. It was like, $250,000 in the hole when I took it over. And I course corrected it seven months, like blew it out of the water, profitable business. And they promoted me into a regional management position. And it was interesting because I, I realized a lot about myself in this role. Um, and I, and I post a lot about it online. I, I have tons of LinkedIn stories about this where I became the firing manager. And when they didn't like someone that didn't either fit the vibe, didn't fit the look, hmm. uh, I had to get rid of them, whether or not the business performance was there or not. Oh my goodness. And, and that really hit my core. Uh, I, I finally had to gut check myself and say, is this who I want to be as a professional? Uh, I was making great money, um, loved what I did, loved my staff. I had 500 associates underneath me and, I, and I'm 25 years old at this point. And I had to gut check myself and I ended up saying no. And I started looking for another position uh, and ended up moving to the Atlanta market from New York City. And I got to start over. And, and a lot of people don't get to say that in their career. And it was it was a great moment to be able to just clean slate everything. I didn't know anybody. I had never owned a car uh, in my life. And so now I owned a car and had to drive everywhere. So completely different, like culture shock for me. And every moment of that was a growth opportunity. And I seized every second I could. Um, and so, you know, I was able to meet my husband, which was a great moment. And a year later, have my son. And a year after that, get diagnosed with stage three cancer. And hmm. that was probably my last pivot. And so sure. having cancer with a one-year-old, um, it, it brought a fear and a sense of mortality I had never had before. Um, and it's an interesting thing to try and explain 
because it, it's so intangible. Uh, you, it's very kind of in theory in my head and it just floats around when I remember those days and, and even being on the phone with the doctor hearing it's cancer um, after she had said, hey, it's like a 5% chance. So like not even worried, get on the phone and I hear that. Yeah. And I had to have immediate surgery. And during the surgery, I actually uh, had my vocal cords paralyzed. And so they, they had nicked it because the cancer had grown up my vocal cord. So I had one that was still mobile and one that wasn't. So I wow. couldn't talk anymore. Um, and I had to have a couple of different surgeries to get my voice back, lots of vocal therapy and a lot of mindset shifting and a lot of self-healing. And I will say that that journey for me, my family, uh, my team, as I was starting to grow my company at that point, um, it was amazing. I would never take it back. It, it taught me so many lessons of, again, persevering, but also, you know, being vulnerable. Uh, I, I don't think as a female in my life, I've ever allowed that side of me to come out. Um, I've always been very, you know, I'm the ruffian, I'm the athlete, I'm the leader, and, and, and I have to put on this front. And it really allowed me to just step back and accept that these things were happening to me and look at the world differently. And, and as a leader for me, it's made me a very compassionate boss. Uh, my team, yeah. you know, I've had pregnant uh, associates on my team. I've had people going through family crisis and I want them to take care of that first and foremost. The business is always gonna be there and they need to be able to, to step back, to feel vulnerable, to feel supported. And I don't think I would have been at the level I am in understanding and even paying attention to those implicit conversations that my team has with me. You know, they're not actually saying the words, I'm picking up on the feeling, I'm picking up on the tone of their voice. And I think that that was a blessing that provided me with that skill set, provided me with the, the focus that we're always having conversation, even if it's not out loud. So, so those, those I would say, and I have a lot, a lot of fun moments, but um, those are really the ones that I see. Each of those were growth opportunities that I was able to seize and take major learning steps and apply that knowledge that I just mm. learned to that next step and next chapter in my life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing uh, so vulnerably and just definitely one of those stories where you share a couple of sentences and I just know, you know, there's, there's hours and days and weeks and months and years of just like, uh, you know, journeying and, uh, and trauma and recovering and growing. And, and yet in the end, you know, it becomes a, a few sentences, doesn't it? When we, when we say it back. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, that was, that was very special. Uh, I've got so many questions really about your story and about how that really, um, shaped you as a leader. Uh, but the first thing that I, I can't help but ask is when you were younger, I mean, 20-year-old GM, a 20-year-old general manager, that's not normal. Um, and that's amazing. What was it about 20-year-old Briar that you think positioned you um, and how you acted and and what you did that, <laughs> that led to that? Sure. So, First, I, I call myself an old soul. <laughs> so sure. I, I was not your typical, 
even in high school, um, you know, I didn't go to parties. I actually remember my parents, they'd be like, Briar, I heard so-and-so is having a party. Why don't you just go out? And I'm like, nah, we're good. Um, and so, so they really did have to, to help me flex my wings when it came to the fun department. Uh, so I think that mentality lent itself really well when I, you know, I'm in the middle of New York City and most people my age were going out and partying and drinking and, and it just wasn't on my agenda. So I was able to really focus on the things that I cared about, which was school and working. And the, the fun part for me in, as a 20 year old was people related really well to me. I, I wasn't the, you know, the typical 20 year old senior, you know, you know, like 40 to, to 60 year old, right. At work that had been there for 20 years. And, you know, they're only still there because of tenure, not because they're good at what they do. And so I was able to create relationships with my staff. I was able to bring kind of a, a an energy level that a lot of other managers weren't bringing to the table that helped me stand out first to leadership, right? Cause I was a go-getter. I, mm. I remember, and I'm not sure if you know anything about crunch fitness, but back in the day they had a mascot and it was the crunch bunny. And so it was a huge bunny suit. And eventually when Carmen Electra signed with them, they did cardio striptease and there was a cardio striptease bunny and the, <laughs> the bunny suit belonged to me. So I ended up actually doing all the events and I became the bunny oh, wow. and I did tons and tons of like dancing and, and, you know, aerobics on stages and things like that. And so I was never afraid. I just, I was never afraid to do anything. I, I always stepped up to the challenge and back then I didn't have as many boundaries. So, you know, I, I stepped up to lots of challenges and realized what I liked and what I didn't. But I think that energy level and then that maturity that I had way from way back, you know, from my ninth grade years really carried, carried me to be poised yet approachable. And it made me an asset for all of their teams. Yeah. That's so interesting. Uh, <laughs> what about, um, I guess, as you then went through that the most recent pivot or the last pivot like you described when you had uh you know a one-year-old and then you find out the doctor says oh look the five percent chance there might be cancer but it's probably not and then all of a sudden you get that um horrific news uh obviously there's so much you could you could say about that but if we if we talk about leadership what did you learn through that season as a, that you've been able to apply as a leader? Like, what did you learn from that personal experience that now you already talked a bit about it in terms of your compassion with your people, but anything else that comes to mind that you see in how you run your business, how you deal with clients, how you lead your people that, that came out of that season? Very much. There, there's two big points that I took from that, aside from what I had said earlier. One is, so when, when I found out I had cancer, I was filled with fear. Uh, and, and I'm not a fearful person. Uh, I'm actually a really, you know, not a positive thinker, but like just positive. I have positive energy. I love filling my body with positive energy. I don't like feeling sad, mad, angry for long, right? I, I want to feel it and I want to be done with it. And I let fear really overcome me. And, and I could actually feel the tumor growing in my neck. Um, and the, the doctors didn't even believe mm. me until they actually took it out and had grown 
almost two centimeters over the course of the month while they were scheduling me for the surgery. And I could feel my fear physically feeding this. And and I don't mean to be graphic, but, but that is my, my emotional state fed a physical thing in my body. And when I lost my voice after the surgery and they told me, Hey, you might not ever get it back. And it might be a year until you get it back. I was like, no, it, it's not happening. And, and I said, I made a promise to myself that I would never, ever lead from fear again. And, and I've taken that to heart. So even in our business, you know, you go through, we just went through a pandemic where, you know, a lot of people were not spending money in my areas, like yeah. mass layoffs, mass furloughs. Um, and I did not want to be pushing financial burdens on people who didn't know where they were going to get their next paycheck. And so, you know, that year for us, we kind of just went into hibernation. We were still active, but we weren't promoting things. We weren't trying to just be in people's faces. And, and yet I had to tell our team, it's okay. Like, I'm not fearful. Our, our business is going to return and we're going to open back our doors mm. full speed. And we're going to, you know, be right back where we were but we're going to do it gracefully. <laughs> we're going to do it intentionally. And so that model has really shaped how not only do I run my business, but I also have to coach and talk to my team about that. And then the second piece is that everyone in our communication, we have about a 25 page communication guide for career organic. <laughs> so anybody that comes into our organization has to read this entire thing and we go through it, but it yeah, is a daily piece of our business. And so what it is, is that, you know, number one, people have to be heard. So if someone emails us, say they email a team member and say, you know, I just lost my job today. I just, I really need this resume written. I I need it, you know, by the end of the week, is this something that you can do? My team better not answer with, of course, we can help you with your resume. It costs this, blah, blah, blah. They need to meet that person where they are. They need to make that person feel heard. And that that's a huge piece. So it's, it's recognizing, I'm so sorry that you've just lost your job. We can absolutely be there to support you. Yeah. And, and every single piece of communication is from that, that viewpoint. And it's because of that. It, it's because, you know, when I was called to be told that I had cancer, there was zero compassion on the other line. Zero. It was, yeah. I was just a number on the sheet mm. that they, they had to make a phone call to that day. And oh, yeah. I will, I, I made a very big promise. I will never subject anyone going through any situation in their life, not feeling heard and not feeling supported. So, so those are my two huge takeaways that again, I, I wouldn't have had I not experienced that in my life. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I love I love how intentional you are um, at Career Organic about your communication. Uh, it really reminded me of a story recently. I was working with a, a client um, in the UK and chatting with them about some communication uh, they were doing with an executive team member. And uh, and I remember when I was chatting with her, she she talked about uh, she said, "Oh, Jono, can I just get a second opinion about?" Um, th- this this person left something right to the last minute and needed to 
uh, reschedule and and I had already blocked the time out to spend, you know, in this one-on-one. Um, and as a result, I missed, you know, my family had already headed off for a day trip. And, and I, if, if I didn't have that on, I would have taken oh. the day off and gone and spent it with them. Right. And I was like, oh, that, you know, that's just, you know, that that's like, you just hear that and you go, oh, I completely understand why you're so uh, upset. And so she said, this is what I'm, I'm looking at doing. And so she laid it out for me what she wanted to say. And, and I, like I said, I completely understood where she was coming from because that was so frustrating, but her approach was going to be to basically say, Hey, um, I, I just need you in future to change, you know, you need to give me notice. And, and it was just all about the future, the, the big picture and this person's behavior in the future. And it's, it's funny what you talked about just reminded me in terms of that idea of really listening and, and to your customers. And I said to this person, even though it was one of the people on her team, I said, you know what, you, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, but I think you're going to lose them and they're, some, they're completely going to potentially misread this um, because even yeah. though you feel very passionately about it. And so she said, okay, well, what should I say? And I said, well, why don't you say something like, um, hey, I, I just, you know, I understand you need to change plans. I'm really disappointed because... I had this plan with my family, unpack a little bit of what you, you know, why you're so frustrated and then say in future, um, can you please give me notice? And, and I remember, and she said, but that's just the same thing that, that I said, I said, no, you, you oh, didn't, no, you not. didn't actually <laughs> unpack anything about like stopping for a moment. And even though, and that's what I loved about what you just shared. And, and this, they're sort of like the two sides of the coin. When you're having that conversation with a client or with a team member and you just unpack what the impact is on you and how you're feeling about that. Or what I loved about what you said is when you go back to someone and before you jump into the action, you actually say, I'm so sorry to hear we feel like it's so surface level to do that, but that's the point where people have the aha moment and go, ah, you know, for this, for this client in the UK, I was helping her with her team member to go for a team member to go, oh, okay. You're not just being a really horrible boss about one tiny thing being late. You missed a day with your family. Um, and for right. you with your, with your client, it's just that couple of sentences, just two sentences, just to say, I hear you, what you're going through that makes someone on the other side of that email go, ah, okay, these guys understand. And it's a game changer. It's so simple though. That's, that's why uh, I, I just love that it, approach. It's simple in theory. It is not simple in application. <laughs> How do you find that as a leader when you're, because you are so intentional, you've got a 25 page communication strategy. You're probably more intentional than, uh, then, then a lot of people are in that area. How, what, what have you found works really well leading your team to communicate well? Well, we, first we, we started scripting, um, not, not to take away personality, but to guide. Right. And so it's in this case, this is how our brand responds to like military personnel. So, and, and I don't care what, you know, anybody on my team has, uh, you know, for or against military personnel, but I want to thank them for their service. Uh, that is not a, a job that, you know, mm. I have the the guts to sign up for. And so sure. if someone's separating from our military in the U.S., I want to thank them for their service. And, and that's like a, a big focal point for us. So whatever comes after that is completely up to that particular person on the team. But I, I need to make sure that those 
um, handoffs, you know, the, those interactions that we have the guidance for each type of interaction. So we work with a, a global clientele. And so sometimes there's even a language barrier and in how someone is asking for something. And so making sure we have all of that documented and then we, we do coaching. I mean, we do, I can't be a coach in my life and to clients and not be a coach for my team. And so it is top down. I'm constantly coaching and, and anybody that I come across. And so I ask occasionally to be copied on certain things. Um, I ask to be pulled into certain communications from time to time with clients that maybe I'm not working with so that I can see what's happening. I can get that feedback. And I think a lot of leaders miss that opportunity is, you know, they, they get so far removed yeah. that they don't understand what their number one, what their team is actually dealing with on a daily basis. Cause that's important. You know, yeah. I don't want my team going through anything on their end either where someone's miscommunicating with them. So, so I need to be open enough that those conversations still make it to my door and then second, that they're not a part of any of the good communication. So I love when I can hop on a call. I actually hopped on a call recently and someone said, the reason that I'm working with your company is because of the interactions I had with your team, both online mm -hmm. and then on the phone. And that Amazing. The, the, the guard was taken down. He literally said, I have, it's taken me this is verbatim, 16 months to feel good enough to ask somebody for help in my career. And the reason that I'm even talking to you is because of how well your team communicated your value up front to me. Whew, that, <laughs> that's amazing. That's a win in my book. Yeah. That is yeah. a total win in my book. That's, um, you know what, it, it's a great question that that brings up because I think you can really combine those two things, which is being close enough to know what's happening and then hearing those stories. And I, I love asking leaders this question. Um, I always talk about my, I have a podcast, another podcast called leadership question of the day where I ask a different question. And for some reason, I don't know whether other people think it's really silly, but I love this phrase of putting a stone in someone's shoe. Um, and that's what I love to do mm -hmm. with leaders. But this, this question, so I love, this is one of those questions I love asking leaders you know, is what are, what are five of the best stories that have happened recently in your team, like in the past couple of weeks? And that's what I love about you um, telling this story because you knew about it. It got through to you. You spoke to this person and I know that you then acted on that. So then the next question I love to ask leaders is, okay, so you've, you've noted those five stories. How have you, how have you recorded those? How have you celebrated those? Like we get so complex about content creation and culture and, and I'm like, okay, well, let, one of the simplest things any leader can do is make sure you find out what the best wins are. Make sure you find a way to get that somehow <laughs> like written down. Like you have that in an email or getting that, um, you know, finding the mm -hmm. simplest way possible to record it and then share it and celebrate it. If, if most leaders did that. Um, so for you, what, what did you, uh, I guess having that story, what did you do with that then? Were you able to share that with the person and the team who were involved? Um, what do you have? I any sure other did. So, so I, I'm big on celebrating wins. So, uh, everybody laughs at me too. Cause, uh, 
sometimes I'm like, that's a win. We should celebrate it. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. I actually, so I called, I called the manager. So the direct supervisor over the person that they had, had spoken about. I called her direct on the phone and I said, Hey, I wanted to end. It was at the end of the day. I said, Hey, just wanted to wrap up the day with you and share some really positive feedback. And the, so the associate that this man was talking about is, um, she's only been with us for like two months now. And so she's, she's new, you know? So I was like really excited about this. Cause I'm like, wow, what great feedback so quickly to like really motivate her to know she's doing a great job outside of the feedback we give. And so I, I called her boss and, and I'm telling her, Hey, this is like phenomenal. And she's like, that is such great news. I'm going to have to congratulate her. And I said, not before me. And so I hopped on Slack because it was the end of the day. I, I, you know, I wasn't trying to keep people either after work because I'm a yeah. big proponent of boundaries. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I put in the group Slack for kind of the operations team, you know, just wanted to call you out. Um, this is the feedback I received from, you know, this gentleman, what an amazing piece of feedback. You know, this definitely shows you what we've been telling you. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much for what you bring to the table and to our team. Um, you know, bravo. And kind of, you know, I put all these like emoticons and, and fun, like bitmojis and things like that, because I feel like with the more personal you are, the, the better it's received as well. Uh, and I'm a goofball when it comes to that stuff. And she, <laughs> she was still online and, and kind of responded back and just, uh, I think it solidified our day together. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, w- I wanted to make sure because because I think, you know, a supervisor to another supervisor, I want to make sure that that person has the ability to celebrate with their direct, you know, employee. Um, but then as, you know, two levels up, I think they should hear it from me too. Yeah. So, so I'm a, again, I am a big proponent of the the celebrating wins, however big or small they are. Yeah, that's thank you for sharing that story because I think any leaders listening um, who want a simple takeaway from today, maybe they're on their way into the office going, I really just want to find something I could do, you know, today, not a big culture change. But that the, exactly what you just described then would be, in in my opinion, one of the top five things most leaders I work with could do as a as a simple step is find. Find the story where either it's coming through to you or you go and have a walk, pop your head into some offices and say, what's, um, or jump on Zoom and say, what's what's the best story of the past couple of weeks or, or month? And then uh, like you did, it, it does mean so much. And and we we forget, but uh, you know, what it's like when you are new into a company or you are in a, in a younger level, or even if you've been there a long time and that person who doesn't have to takes the time to pull you aside or to put a message in the group chat and say, just want to shout out that that's the stuff that, um, that the real fruit of this is when I ask leaders, what's memorable and great leaders, this stuff always comes up, you know, 30 years ago, I was working with this amazing leader. And I remember, you know, yes, I always got feedback, you know, and, and helped me to grow. But when we did a great job, I remember this is how, you know, this moment and, and people remember it for years. It's something that takes us mm-hmm. a a moment or a few minutes, or even if it takes you an hour, like I love handwritten notes. I just think a handwritten note for some reason is, or a handwritten letter is such an easy win. We're, we're kindred just, spirits oh, in that regard. 
I don't know what it is. <laughs> yes. It's just like it doesn't take that much longer than a voice call or anything, but just getting that. And I think it's the the intentionality and the fact that you didn't have to, but you went out of your way to write something handwritten, um, you know, write a handwritten note or letter. People keep those. And you find out when you chat with mm-hmm. people, they keep these things for not just months, but sometimes years and decades. So um, thank you so much for Absolutely. sharing that story. Well- Absolutely. And I, I had one one more thought is, um, you know, recently I had a, a team member, she's literally been with us for two weeks and she got scammed. Someone got her information off of social media, text her saying it was me, had her go to the store, buy some gift cards, and then she thought better of it and didn't redeem them, was able to return them. And and I knew that was like such a violating moment for her and she was embarrassed and just like feeling awful and you know i'm not her direct manager but it, it had my name on it and and i personally called her i, I said you know I, I know i messaged you i know you know i've already kind of apologized online but i want to apologize on, over the phone and and i want you to know why and and you know i actually told her it was a failure on my end because i didn't update i haven't you know for for our communication guide and our onboarding i hadn't brought in the fact that people are really putting together phishing scams and things like that. And they're more prominent and what to do in that regard. And I don't, I didn't have our policy updated. And so I I deeply apologized for that to her. And and I think that made a bigger impact than me just sending a note is I'm going to take the time out of my day. I'm going to, you know, take the 15 minutes and I'm going to have that call because it was important. So, so I, I, I agree. It does like those, those very brief moments they're not a big lift and they they really do have big impact. Yeah, that's uh, that's such a good um, another another great example. And it's another it's another thing that you mentioned there, which is the most powerful things a leader can do. Sometimes we think it's those upfront presentations at the key dates and you know they are important but when you make a mis- when you make a mistake or if you feel ownership over something like you did with with what happened, not only owning it, but having the humility to actually spend the time with them. That's right up there with celebrating a win. That does, that takes you miles forward in culture, um, which, which really starts with modeling. Uh, so that's, that's fantastic. Uh, well, Briar, I want to jump into Leadership Express and just ask you a few questions as we sort of uh, start wrapping up. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Firstly, what's a book that you've gifted to other people? Relationship Breakthrough by Chloe Madonis. Ooh, I love that. I haven't had that recommendation. Relationship Breakthrough by Chloe Madonis. Mm. Thank you. Any great podcasts you're listening to or other sources right now you're just really loving, reading, watching, listening to? Um, I am all over LinkedIn. My newsfeed as of recent, I'm finding some I don't know, great new thought leaders, but as well as, you know, Simon Sinek, Brene Brown, um, JT O'Donnell is really starting to kind of come out. Uh, so I, I've been kind of popping all over the place right now. That's great. I have, yeah, once again, um, great recommendation because there is, there is great content on LinkedIn uh, and you mentioned some wonderful thought leaders there. Uh, what's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Uh, well, just just what I told you about um, the phishing scam that almost cost my employee three hundred dollars. Um, that I had to absolutely pay more attention to 
our policies and updating those as we have new people onboarding and, and we continue yeah. to hire. Yeah, thank you. That's a great, uh, really interesting leadership lesson. These are all great. You're you're giving um, great ideas here. Uh, what's a time management or productivity tip or a tool or resource that you use in that space? Yep, I am a Google Calendar kind of gal. Um, I manage four different calendars from four different companies uh, because I oversee a nonprofit. I work with General Assembly, and so I have calendars like kind of linked across the board. And just keeping a very detailed calendar with all the information for every single call and even the productivity time that I need, whether it's to do emails, whether it's to do payroll, uh, all of those, you know, not calling or not live sessions um, still remain on my calendar. That That's another great tip. Excellent. What's a great piece of advice you've received? What's a great piece of advice I've received? Yeah, from, uh, from someone. My Life dad, when I was little, yeah, no, when, when my dad was, um, I don't know how old I was, I think 14, he started telling me, you want to be your own boss. Um, and he said, you know, you're never going to be more fulfilled than when you run and owned your own company. And it stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I always love um pieces of advice like that from when you're from when you're little that really stick with you right that's so cool um a okay well here's one a, a specific to what you do what's a big struggle or problem that you see people facing who are wanting or needing to make a career change i would say the number one problem is understanding what is next and so a lot of people tend to try and just make the leap and they're like, I'll just f figure it out. Um, and they think they're going to get their resume just updated. And in today's market, with the oversaturation of candidates, uh, having a tailored brand, like really understanding what that target is, um, even if it's a little broader, you know, say it's sales, you can have sales where it's like software sales, product sales, all of those. But you need to understand that you're still looking for a sales role so that you can, one, update mm. your resume, two, make sure that you're networking with the right people, and three, that you can own your story and understand what that story actually means to that new employer. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, that's that's really great advice. I love that idea. I, I wouldn't have thought, it makes so much sense now that you mention it, but that idea of tailoring uh and you're talking about tailoring the person's brand, right? Like the personal brand? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I, yep. and because, this might because a lot of people making career transitions are mm. looking for either the same field or a different field. And if you're looking for a different field, yeah. you can't talk like you're from the other field. So like if you're making a transition from sales to technology, you have to talk to the new employer. So you need to change the, the narrative, your script, how you interview to talk to yeah. the employer that talks technology. Ooh, that's so good. That's a game changer. I can see why you do what you do. So that's uh, that's just brilliant. I have not put that. That's like a two and two equals four moment for me with career changes. Like, oh, that's so <laughs> it's obvious. One of the biggest, but, it's, oh, it's, gold. it's one of the biggest missteps. That's what you asked. And that is literally one of the biggest missteps I hear over and over again. And that's really where I come in to course correct that. So. 
people who are looking for a career change, you need to get onto Briar to help you tailor your brand. Oh, that's so good. I love personal branding as well, just as an idea. So that's fantastic. A movie or TV show that really impacted you? Um, I, I would say, oh, wow, the name just escaped me. Well, it, is it doesn't a, need to be a British it need movie. To be serious. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need it's to be a, serious. While you're thinking, it's a British movie, and it's for. It's a Christmas movie. It's British. Yeah. Kira Knightley love, is in it. Love Actually. Love Actually. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, I I love that movie because what it what it illustrated to me is, you know, there's there's always this intersection between people that you never know is there, and being very intentional about who you are and what you're doing in life and not being some schmo schmo out there um, Mm. is important because of those intersections, because you never know what your actions are impacting, you know, five people down the row. So I I just, I love the concept of that movie. I also love all Christmas movies. Actually, I'm, I'm a bit of a Christmas Uh, carols on. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I would put Christmas carols on in July and turn them off in June, but um, thankfully we, for my friends and family. We're going to be friends. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this isn't on my list of leadership questions, but I have to ask. And those who who <laughs> who who aren't necessarily fans of, of festive seasons, you can uh, you can skip thirty seconds. But do you have a favorite um, Christmas carol album? Christmas carols, a favorite sort of go-to. Oh, yeah. Well, two. I really love Mariah Carey and I really like Michael Bublé. Oh, no way. There you go. This just keeps getting better and better. They're two of my <laughs> ultimates as well. In fact, little known little known fact that I never publish anywhere is if you go into Spotify, I think I've got them set as public, and you look up Jono, J-O-N-N-O, Christmas favorites and extended Christmas favorites, I have playlists on there. That's how serious I am when I find a great I song. I love <laughs> that. That's awesome. I think I've got all-time favorites where there's like nine of them, and Mariah Carey's <laughs> I um, – uh, I want what I want for Christmas. However, that I don't want a lot for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. That one, that one's on there anyway. Okay. Yes. Seriously, not leadership related, <laughs> but that was, I just couldn't help because I love Christmas so much and Christmas carols. Love actually. Celebrate a, our wins. All right. What a great recommendation. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Be open to change. Yeah, that's great. Oh, um, I always enjoy these yep. answers so much. Sorry, keep going. No, 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 no. It's just um, so many, so many young leaders. Uh, they they put themselves in a box, like they define their blueprint for the next twenty years, and I'm like, just three years at a time, and and you're going to be great, <laughs> and and just be open yes. to change. And you know what? As well that I've learned uh, now. You know, for me, I'm in my thirties, but I. Jono in his 20s needed to learn this so bad is uh, the point of planning is usually about the process more than it is about the destination like that five-year plan or 10-year plan like that and and even with companies helping companies realize this oh we don't have time for that because we don't stick to it it's like okay well firstly that's a problem like we do want to fix that but just doing the planning so just doing a where do I want to be in three years and realizing I probably won't be there otherwise you're constantly (laughs) You do get disappointed, but then I always say this. I, I probably say this nearly every episode. Every person I chat with on this podcast describes their journey, and it's never linear. 
you know, that it's always great stories of pivots. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, and it's so entertaining and enjoyable. And, it, you know, so any young leaders out there, I love that. So, you know, be open to change, hold things loosely. Yes, make some plans, but no, you know what, in a year's time, it could all be different and that's okay. That's actually, that's, that's better right. than okay. That's that's probably the real plan when you look at, um, you know, successful leaders. That's and right. Got there. Well, Briar, uh, where can people find you if they've been listening to you? They they heard that uh, they had a similar aha moment about the uh, the the personal branding and going. I need to tailor my brand. I'm looking to make a career move. I need to get on uh, ASAP to Briar. Where can people find you? Yep. So the best direct connection to me would be on LinkedIn. Um, I am the only Briar Doherty on LinkedIn. Uh, so that's a fun one. Uh, so if you search yeah. my name, I'm the only one that pops up. Uh, I love DMs. I love hearing from people. I love hearing stories. I personally answer them. Uh, and then anybody that needs additional support or wants to, you know, kind of look at career services and things would be careerorganic.com. Wonderful. Great. Uh, I encourage people to go and connect with Briar, particularly if something today really helped you, or if you would like uh, some help in, in any of the things we've talked about, then make sure you drop her a line. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This has been one of just a, an absolute joy of a podcast. I know that uh, it will have been really helpful uh, for many of you. Don't forget, as I mentioned during the podcast, I also have the leadership question of the day, putting a stone in your shoe, asking you a different question to, to challenge you and, and help you be uncomfortable, right? And grow. And the John O'White leadership podcast, which is more traditional tips on casting vision, building a high performance team, that sort of stuff. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Briar Doherty for being such a joy to spend time with uh, for sharing so vulnerably. And I think just giving some brilliant, wise advice to young leaders. Uh, I think anyone listening will have gotten a lot out of, out of hearing you tell your stories and, and share your advice. So it's been, it's been a real joy. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. 
And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.